Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to another episode of Norse Chat. Today we're going to be talking about the education system, both in the U.S. and Norway, and kind of the difference between them and all that fun stuff. Today I'm joined with Ulla again. He's our special guest. He's studied both in the U.S. and in Norway, so he's going to talk a little bit about the difference there. To begin with, though, I am going to start off with talking about my experience in the U.S. public school system. Everyone's a little bit different depending on which state you go to, even which county, Uh, but this is just my personal experience and things that I encountered. So when I was in school, it was kindergarten through 12th grade with the option of preschool. I did both preschool in Minnesota and Illinois. That was more of a way to get you introduced into being around students, following rules, that kind of thing. It wasn't so much curriculum-based as social-based, kind of learning how to fit in in a school system and follow rules, that kind of thing. Then moving on to kindergarten, I think it's changed a little bit since I first was in kindergarten, but... When I was in kindergarten, it was half days, so you'd either go to school in the morning or in the afternoon, and I was definitely a p.m. kid. I was not about to get up and go to school like that, so I think my school went from about 11 a.m. till 2 p.m., something like that, and really, once again, it was more of a transition between uh, learning how to get along with kids to starting to learn the education process, so... We mostly focused on learning the alphabet, really basic things, kind of just getting warmed up into the whole learning process, and it just slowly kind of built itself up uh, each year, learning more, requiring more, all the way up until 12th grade. So in the U.S., school's kind of broken up into three chunks. There's elementary school, middle school, and high school. So in elementary school, my classes were about 20 kids. I don't know if that's the same now with different funding and that kind of thing, but it's about 20 kids per teacher, and each teacher set up their own style of curriculum. So maybe there was five different teachers for each grade, and they each had a different way that they wanted to teach things, but the overall things that you were learning were supposed to be through the same thing, like maybe you're learning presidents or learning how to multiply and divide, but they would each teach kind of a different way. Uh, They had different um, freedoms, I guess. But overall, kind of some things that I noticed throughout each grade was that there was a really big emphasis on having reading time, uh, where you'd actually just sit down, they'd give you time to read a book. Always had recess, about, I want to say 20 to 30 minutes, they would send you outside to just go and play. And... Another thing that was kind of fun is that in elementary school, there was always a party, a class party for uh, different holidays. So Valentine's Day, we would each make little cards. Christmas, around that time, uh, we would make different decorations and that kind of thing. Halloween, everyone would always get dressed up. But I don't know how things are nowadays, uh, but that's just kind of what I experienced in elementary school. Then moving on to middle school, 
then the class sizes started to increase a little bit. I think it was getting towards around 30 kids in a class. And that's when you really got to start to pick your classes, things that you were interested in, because that's kind of the style that things were in high school. So in middle school, you had a base set of classes that you had to go to. And those were, I think, like reading, math, science, those kind of things. Those subjects stayed the same, but changed based on what grade you were in. So everyone in the same grade was learning the same thing, but it changed each grade. And then you also got to pick a few classes. I think each semester or quarter, I can't remember which one we broke our school up into, you got to pick different classes that you wanted. So there was shop class, choir, band, different IT classes, and foreign language. So the way that our school worked was middle school was sixth grade to eighth grade. And in seventh and eighth grade, you were able to pick a foreign language. And I think that they only offered French and Spanish. And if you took one year or both years, both seventh and eighth grade of a foreign language, then it counted towards a year in high school. And once you were in high school, you could already start at the second level of Spanish and work your way up so that your senior year, once you got there, you were able to take it as a college credit. And so you were taking a college course in high school and it would save you some money and you were kind of ahead of the game. So that's kind of what I remember from middle school. And then high school, the class size increased again. I think there was around 35 to 40 kids in a classroom. Sometimes we would have to bring in extra desks just because there were so many kids in one class. But in high school, you kind of worked on your own schedule. You got to pick which classes you wanted to take. But there was certain requirements for graduating where you had to take four semesters of math or something like that, different requirements. But it was definitely a bit more flexible. And you were even able to work if you wanted. I can't remember the exact name for it. It's different at each school. But you could take electives, which let you get real-world experience. And you were able to go out in the community and work and take off time from your school day to do that if you wanted. Most people I knew had way too many things they wanted to do during school and wanted to use up all the time that they could. I know some people actually did take a study hall in the morning so they could sleep in a little bit longer, but most people spent a full day at school uh, learning all the different things that they wanted. Now, in high school, sports were really big. Everyone was pretty much either involved in sports or a fine art, but pretty much everyone I knew was involved in a sport. Varsity football was a big one at my school, along with wrestling. Wrestling, we were number one in the nation for a while. I don't know if that's still true, but a lot of professionals have come from our school as well. We had an Olympian uh, who just performed in the last Olympics here for the Winter Olympics, and she even got a medal. But So yeah, we have quite a bit of well-known people at our school. But there are lots of clubs to join and different things like that. You can really find your niche and kind of get a test for the waters to see what you're interested in and want to pursue for the future. Now in our high school too, they also offered a way for you to start driving. When you're 16, you get to get your license and drive. So we had most people I knew took the classes for that our school offered. And another thing is that graduation was a really big deal at our school, as along with a lot of other schools in the U.S., uh, 
we have big senior parties at the end of the year and the stereotypical hypnotist would come. Every every school I think I, I knew hired a hypnotist for their senior party. And then um, after graduation, everyone would have uh, big parties at their house. Everyone was invited and got to eat free food and that kind of thing. And then after school, pretty much after 12th grade, because high school was 9th grade through 12th grade, there was a big push to go to college. I know my whole high school was based around what you're going to need to know in college and how to get into college is basically one big college prep. And each college is kind of different here in the U.S., depending on what you want to get into and what you want to do. But from the most part, pretty much all colleges are, you pick your own classes within your major that fit your schedule, and most of them tend to kind of be more of a lecture style. Here in the U.S., you need 12 credits to be a full-time student. Uh, There are options to go to school online, but for people my age, most of the time they end up leaving home, living in the dorms, going to college, and that kind of thing. Overall, some side notes for education is I just always remember, even to this day, that school starts really early. In elementary school, we kind of caught a break. School would start around maybe... 8.30, middle school is a little bit earlier, around 8. Once I got to high school, school started at 7.20. And if you wanted to take the bus, our school did offer public transportation. My bus would come at 6.47 on the dot. So I would pretty much have to wake up at 6 a.m. every morning. And it was just pretty draining. And schools in the U.S., at least for my school, you're not allowed to leave. Once you're there, you're there. You can't really leave for lunch. You have to be signed out. There's always a police officer, at least in high school, walking around that everyone knows, and he kind of keeps track of what's going on. There's a person sitting right at the front desk, so, I mean, you can't really sneak out of the school. Uh, another thing I remember was that the meals were pretty, pretty poor. <laughs> a lot of the time we'd get served, like bread, cheesy bread stick with marinara sauce, and maybe like a scoop of vegetables, and being 5'11", <laughs> I don't know, that wasn't enough to fill me up, so most of the time everyone I knew pretty much decided to bring their own lunch, or would just kind of wait to go home, because our school ended at 2 o'clock, so it was, an, it was late, but most people were just kind of, eh, they didn't really enjoy the school food. At our school classes, Classes were mandatory. You had to go. I know you wouldn't graduate if you missed more than 10 classes or something like that, and you would have to get special paperwork and fill out all these things just so you could graduate because skipping school, I think, in the past was something really big that they were fighting on. So if you missed more than 10 classes, uh, you would not graduate. And it was very hard to catch up to. A lot happened in our school and there was a lot of requirements, so I don't really think anyone was trying to miss that many classes either. One more thing that I kind of remember about our school, and high school especially, was that our teachers had a lot required of them. A lot of my high school teachers actually did have their PhD. I had a chemistry teacher who was actually trained to be an astronaut. She was the runner-up for the Challenger. Luckily, she did not go on that, and afterwards, she decided to become a teacher. 
So we definitely had some teachers with a lot of real world experience and I think that kind of helped prepare us for college as well. But those are just some key highlights and things that I remember from our education system. Uh, Compared to the Norwegian system though, things are a little bit different. So to get the Norwegian perspective, we have our guest Ulla Herman once again. He is in Norway, seven hour time difference. It's about 1 a.m. there. So luckily we were able to catch him. He is on the phone, so I apologize if the quality is not as great but we'll still get the same information from him. So I have a few questions about their education system because I haven't experienced Norwegian education. I have always been to school in the United States. So I have a few questions for you, Ula. And the first one... hello. (laughs) Hello. And uh, the first question I have for you is, what was your school experience like? How was your school structured? Um... What was the average day? What did the average day look like for someone who goes to school in Norway? Yeah, um, our school system in Norway is a little bit different than the school system in the U.S. Like our system is divided up in three categories or three different schools. I guess it's the same as your guys's were the kindergarten and elementary school and stuff. We have ours is divided up in three and. It starts with elementary school, which in Norwegian is Barneskola, which is grade one through seven, which is a physical different building than the other schools. So, like elementary school is from grade one through seven, and it's a school building separate from our second school, which is lower secondary school, which is called Ungdomsskola for us. <laughs> which is a grade eight, eight through ten, and then we have something that we call upper secondary school, which is grade eleven through thirteen, which is called Vidrevoka Skola. And those grades in Norwegian, we call those classes like first year upper secondary school, and second year upper secondary school, and third year upper secondary school. And our school day. From first to lower schools, like people did have like kindergarten and stuff in Norway too, but it's never been considered school and it's like optional for like parents who don't want their kids to be home while they're working and stuff. So me personally never went to kindergarten, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people did do. But that's more teaching people how to get to know new kids and have to behave, have to play playground and basically sing and stuff like that. And I think they also do have like nap times and stuff there too. But so pretty so similar. But like our elementary school and lower secondary school, so grade one through ten, it's basically structured the same all the way through. Like in elementary school you start like your first grade, you start learning Norwegian, like reading and writing, learning the alphabet and then you have religion classes, learn about different religions. That's interesting. I didn't know that. What? I said that's interesting. I didn't know that because in the United States, we tend to keep religion and school very separate unless you went to a private school that was like a Catholic school or something like that. Yeah, like when I started elementary school, it was used to 
called Kiss Nomad Immune Olivsen's Orientering. Wow. Which means Christianity and religion and other people's look on religion. But then I think it was like third or fourth grade they had to change it because it was too pointed towards Christianity. So they had to change the name and now it's just called like religion or something. And do they teach multiple different types of religion or is it still Christianity based, you know? No, it's uh, not 100% sure if that was in that class, but I think we started learning off of like old Norwegian, like Norse mythology. So like Thor? Then, yeah, like Thor. Yeah. And then went over to Christianity, then Islam, and Buddhism, and all of the different religions. That's interesting. And since our school was like made up of people from all around the world too, like, mm-hmm. so yeah, so then we also had started like, I think English in second grade, and then we also had like math, and then like, you see multiplications and start of math, and some science classes. Like our science class was basically all science together, like physics, chemistry, and biology, all compass in one class. Mm-hmm. So, and then we had music and physical exercise every week. So basically it was like five or six different classes that everyone took. And we had one teacher that might have like three classes as their speciality. And then each grade had about three teachers per class size, I guess. Um, I think our classes were at the size of like 30 students. And mm-hmm. um, the same actually just got, and then you in elementary school, you don't get graded on anything. You basically have to hand in, and then you get like passed and not passed. And then if you don't pass, then you have to just retake it. And then I don't think you can fail elementary school. <laughs> I'm curious about that, too, because I know when I was in elementary school, it definitely was an ABC-rated system. And I feel like when I was in middle school, I heard that they were thinking about redoing the system to, like, a 1 through 5, which is still kind of, like, great in my opinion, but it would be something more like they meet, they, they're where they are where they're supposed to be, or maybe they need a little help, or I don't know, something like that. So I think maybe schools are starting to switch to that, but I should probably ask someone who has children in elementary school. I haven't really heard what they're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, lower secondary school is basically the same. We have all the same classes, but at this point, from a from grade 8 through 10, you actually get graded on stuff, and then you have to pass the class, or else you're not going to get through to the upper secondary school. Mm-hmm. So then it's more professional English and more professional math and science. And I also think like our science class, which was called Naturogmilia, which means nature and environment, basically biology, chemistry, physics and all that was like structured more in different categories so that you know when you're doing chemistry, you know when it's biology. But it was still just one class, just spaced out. Like, we do chemistry for three months, and then the other for three months. And then, once you get through to, like, 10th grade, then you get to 
talk to the advisor, and then they're going to see what fits you best for upper secondary school, where you can go into academic classes, or you can go to go to school for hairdresser or uh, smaller grade of nursing. Because I think like a CNA. you have to have a bachelor's degree. Like a, like a CNA. Probably. Mm-hmm. Then, like, you can also go for athletics and do school on the side. So then you have, like, break in between, like, math and Norwegian and English with, like, sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you could do carpentry or plumbing and stuff like that. And I went for academics with, like, arts classes on the side. So basically what I did was went to school and had, like, math, and then I had three hours of drawing, and then at Norwegian, then I had, like, another four hours of computer, like, Photoshop and Illustrator, and then they spaced it out, like, to have different classes of art mm-hmm. in different days. And then I think from elementary school through secondary school, our school day was no longer than 3 o'clock, and we started always at 8 or 10 minutes past eight, actually. <laughs> and then on upper secondary school, we had more like classes that could go all the way to 4 p.m. But I don't feel like we, feel like the big biggest difference is like we have less classes, but they're denser together, I guess. Like we couldn't like choose a six by itself. It's gonna be like a class that everyone has to take that involves physics and chemistry. And then once you're done with like upper secondary school, you go to apply to like different universities or college, community colleges if you want to, or if you took one of the other upper, upper secondary schools where you went for hairdressing, you only went for two years and then you go out and start working. Same with like plumbing and stuff. Then you only need like two years of school, but then I think it's like three or four years of like practicing the craft before you get like a diploma that says that you're a carpenter or a hairdresser. And then you also get paid less to go if you're, if you're under training. And yeah, and basically I think like a big difference in our schools compared to the US is like the school sizes. Like my elementary school had about 300, 300, yeah, 250 to 300 students all together from class one through seven. So, and then our lower, lower secondary school had students from three other elementary schools. So like some students from each school goes to different secondary schools so they get to know new people. And that's probably for Three class, uh, three grades. So when I looked up as of today, there's like 350 students that goes to my secondary school, lower secondary school. Then once you get to upper secondary school, which would be last year, so high school plus one year in your grade or in your guys' system, uh, then we have about like 1,500 to 2,000 students. Basically, our 13 year at would be like the same as freshman year of college in the US. So I don't know if that encompasses what you asked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it did. 
Um, one thing that I remember learning about Norwegian culture was that when you guys graduate, it's a big deal, um, just like here, but you guys celebrate it in a little bit different way. The way we do is more um, family-based, and the way you guys do is more um, friend-based. Uh, I think we'll have a whole episode on Rush, but I think it'd be interesting just to get a really quick uh your experience with uh, the graduation system? Yeah, like we, like through like all the three different schools that we go through, even though there's like different buildings, there's like not really uh, much of celebration in, except for the upper secondary school. When you actually graduate from upper secondary school, you're, you're celebrating what we call British, which is Basically, I would say half a month of partying because everybody in that class is over 18, which is illegal to eat in Norway. So uh, from beginning of May until May 17th, you're like from May 1st to May 17th, it starts like our celebration. So for 17 days, basically, we have a group of like five friends buying a car because everybody has their license and then you decorate the car and you go to different festivals and concerts and there's different activities going on for the graduation which encompasses a lot of drinking and alcohol and stuff (laughs) and party more or less and celebrating that you're done with school all together except if you go to university but you're done with like basic school and then on 17th of May which is our national like celebration of our country yeah like our 4th of July yeah basically you guys is 4th of July we all parade in like a big line through the streets with all cars and come up with like themes to like custom like customs and stuff that we have on and then you just walk through there while you have a marching band in the beginning and all that stuff. And then after that, we have to do our final exams. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. So basically, and during that time, you hardly have any school either for those 17 days. You only have like some classes here and there because everyone, every school in the last year have that party stuff and I think they got strict on it now but it's a lot of fun yeah I definitely want to go into some detail on it later on in the podcast because I know there's some uh, different tv shows on it even and you guys have some fun outfits and there's it goes a lot deeper than just a party and I think there's some societal differences as well that would kind of be interesting to talk about so I'll definitely pick pin that in the memory bank and we'll get back to that one for sure one thing I wanted you to quickly explain as well is um, your military influence in school as well oh yeah yeah like we uh, like everyone in Norway as of today even boys and girls have mandatory service time in the army uh, army service for both men and female and then you're 18, you're going to be called into, like, an assessment, and then they're going to assess if you're, like, mentally and physically capable of going into the Army. So 
basically, if you're not mentally or physically capable, then you're not going to be forced to go to the army. But everybody has to go through the check, and everybody basically has to go in, in the army at one point, unless you have a have like school that can't be pushed away, I guess. Like because if you're applying for university in Norway and you're taken out that year to go to the army, then you're going to hold your spot at that university until you're done serving your first year in the army, which is mandatory. And then, then you can start school after your mandatory year of army. But if, as like I did when I went to the U.S. and studied, I had my recruitment, like I had the assessment and everything went fine. And then they, like three weeks after I got the confirmation that I got into UND, I would have to go to the recruitment, like go into the army. But since UND won't like hold my spot, then they basically hold, they help, like hold my spot in the army for when I'm done with my application. So I had to do it after I was done. And then by the time I was done in the US and some more school in Norway, they sent me a letter and told me like that I didn't have to go through that first year, but like if anything happens, I'm required to go into the army. But but yeah. you but you're too you're too old now, <laughs> is what they're yeah. saying politely. <laughs> yeah, that's what they basically saying. Like because lately it's been more like relaxed, where like if you go in there now, since everybody has to go there, and there's a lot of people that want to go into the army, you can also say like I don't really want to go in your interview. And then they would probably say, okay, you're good. You don't have to go. But and now we also have, like I said, like boys and girls, which is twice as many that goes into the army. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I yeah, guess. I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so my question then is, since you decided to study in the U.S., what made you want to? Um, what made me want to go study in the U.S.? Like, I always, like wanted to go to the U.S. Like, my aunt studied at UND, and I don't know, I always seen the U.S. as, like, a big opportunity, and I also seen, like, a lot in, like, TV shows and stuff about schools mm-hmm. in the U.S., and I don't know, I just wanted to know how the system worked there, like, felt like a lot of stuff in the U.S. seemed more, like, if you do this, this, and this, that is on your syllabus, you get an A. <laughs> While in Norway, if you do everything on your syllabus, you're not going to get an A. Mm-hmm. Which, because I think... the teacher, like, some teachers, I feel like when, like, I'm never giving out one A to anyone. And I will never do it either, because the teacher feels like an A is, like, you're going to be better at the class than I am. Whereas in the U.S., I feel like there's more like, as long as you do your work, then you're going to be graded out of, like, a rubric kind of thing. Which I think is actually kind of similar to when my parents went to school. I think it was harder to get an A then than it is now. I think they had similar um, grading styles as to what you're used to when my parents were kids. Yeah, like, I don't know how it is now in Norway, like, because they've changed up a lot of stuff, like... Now, I think all teacher needs to have master's degree to be a teacher, and it used to be a bachelor's degree, so, and then they redone, like, the school system over and over just to, like, increase 
the sports on like national tests and international tests and stuff. So I'm trying to make it get better. Mm-hmm. So like elementary, um, like elementary through second upper secondary school is probably a little bit different now than it used to be. Do you think that coming to the U.S. was an easy process, or did they make it hard for you? It was actually a pretty long process, but, like, since we have our freshman year, a lot, the last year of, second, like, upper secondary school, we have to redo freshman year to be able to go to a college in the U.S. So, as for me, I had to go to the American College of Norway, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> where I had like college competition one and college competition two, public speaking and a lot of like general studies and yeah, and during that time you also start your application with the embassy in Norway, like the American embassy in Norway, where you have to fill out a lot of forms, a lot of information about you, the school has to send in your grades to the to UND, like ACN or American College of Norway, it's part of UND, so you get grades from UND, but like you have to get over, I said, like, 2.0 or something mm-hmm. to even be able to get in for, like, second year of college, which would be in the U.S. And then to be able to do that, you have to apply with, like, different forms. And you have to do an interview at the embassy. You have to go to the police station so that you can prove that you have no criminal records. And there's a whole lot of applications and interviews and documents that needs to be handed in. Mm-hmm. So it's like a... Uh, yeah, over, over a year, half a year, it's, it's doable. Yeah. So with that, would you say that since you studied in both the U.S. and Norway, which one do you prefer? Like in the U.S., I only have the experience from... College. College. So yeah. and I would say like your guys' way of grading and I don't know, like I also only know... UND, but like as a campus, I feel like it's more of a student environment compared to Norway, where like our university or community colleges, it's basically where people go and then they leave just like a work place and you only know people in your class, while in the US you would like know everyone from every different majors. Yeah, like in the US, I had classes with like people from business school, engineers, people who are math majors, and like from all over, while in Norway you only have classes with people that have the same major as you. Like everything is like separated into like, you go engineering, then you only know engineering people, but you could know other people too, but like you have all your classes with all the engineering majors for the first year, and then you have second and third year, like, our university only goes for three years. So, the second and third, you only have, like, your major, like, your real major. Like, if you're going to engineering for construction, you have only people that go to engineering for construction. And engineering for electric engineers goes only to class with two people. So, it's more, like, separated in Norway, which I feel is not as social as the U.S. and you never and like no one lives on school in Norway. You don't have like if you have, we do actually have student housing for people that come from other places in Norway, but it's not like normal for people to live on school property. Right? Like in the U.S., 
So what is your very most one thing that you just loved, your favorite part of studying in the U.S.? I would say the people and the experiences mm-hmm. that I got to have and all the people that I got to know. So sweet. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's about all the questions I have for you this time. Is there anything else you have to say? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, thank you guys for listening. That's what we had to share on our school experiences. Um, Tune in next week if you're interested in learning more about Norwegian culture and U.S. culture and how how they're different. Um... And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.